1: Wouldn't it suck if I really talk like that? I'm Mr. Smith. I'll be hanging out on the show with you guys. So without further ado, here's your host, life coach, speaker, all-around badass, just happens to be my beautiful bride, Amy E. Smith. Mr. Smith. Mrs. Smith. I prefer it. Oh, so sorry. <laughs> Please.
0: Did you do know that about me?
1: No. You I didn't? didn't? I didn't. Why do you prefer that?
0: Um... I just misses sounds extremely matronly to me. Really, it always has. I, I not miss. I don't prefer miss, but Ms.
1: Miss is young. Yeah. Right. Less like teenagers or whatever. People right. When you're not married, isn't it miss? Yeah. Not the thing.
0: And Ms. is kind of like the
1: in between. Like it's kind of like generic.
0: Yeah. It kind of it. Anyone can use it.
1: But if you okay, so if you say it's all inclusive, ms. You're fine, but if you say the little is on the end, you're fucked. is. Yeah, that's exactly right. right. So So tread lightly.
0: So tread fucking lightly, dude.
1: (laughs) Tread lightly on the is.
0: (laughs) But no, yeah, I've always kind of preferred that. Plus, i kind of like, it's none of your business whether I'm married or not. And like, I don't need, I don't know. It's one of my little defiant things against.
1: I don't know if anybody gives a shit anymore. Except you.
0: Um, Do you think it's a thing? I don't know.
1: I've never been called out on that. All right. All right. So all right, up, you're like chalking up to right. another thing
0: that my wife is crazy about. Oh my gosh! Well, oh, okay. welcome to the. Oh yeah, we're we're talking to other oh, yeah. humans out Those in cyberspace. <laughs> okay, so hello, hello, to all of you guys listening. We're talking about three ways to deal. Three with ways. Th-
1: we're talking about three ways. We're talking
0: about three ways. <laughs> trois. We're talking about. Th- <laughs> I didn't even catch that. (laughs) Three ways to deal with fear paralysis. So basically, how to stop being so goddamn afraid of everything. Mm. But... Yeah, go ahead. I think I might
1: hear a little... (gasps) Oh, is there a... Yep. We interrupt this broadcast of the Joy Junkie Show to bring you this urgent free shit alert. Repeat, this is a free shit alert. Yep, you're right. So,
0: we talked about this a little bit last week, but there is a free shit alert. Oh, there it is. Now that you got the appropriate
1: jingle, now you know
0: that this is an accurate, authentic free shit Shit. alert. You wouldn't have known that.
1: Otherwise, how would you know?
0: (laughs) We had to (laughs) have a jingle. (laughs) But this is going down this week, you guys. This week, you can still get in on my completely free, brand new, I have not taught this content before online workshop called Self-Confident Secrets Four reasons you don't speak up, care way too much about what other people think, and what the hell to do about it. So if you struggle with boundaries, or you have a hard time saying no, or you take responsibility for everybody else's happiness, and you kind of don't know what to do about it, you need to join us. We're going to talk a lot about relationship to fear, so some of the stuff that we discussed today. I'll take a little bit of a deeper dive on the workshop about that so we still have space you can get in it happens again in a couple of days you can pick between two different dates and times and you all you got to do is go to slash register and you just throw your name in the hat and you come and join us and i will say don't schedule this don't pick a time when you're going to be driving or working out like it's like a full-blown class like you need to show up I've created a very... It's a workout
1: in itself. It is. It yeah. totally
0: is. It's a spiritual
1: workout. It's a boundary workout.
0: Yeah. yeah. saying no, bitches. So <laughs> I created a really elaborate workbook for you. So it's... I, I don't... Obviously, if you've listened to this podcast, you know, I don't like to do anything that isn't implementable and actionable. So... I know that if you actually take pen to paper, you're way more likely to create some change in your life. So this is not, oh, let me attend this workshop and see if I learn something. No, no, no. You're going to get your ass to class and you're going to do something differently.
1: You got to define those boundaries. That's right. You need to define your boundaries. Wow. You need to get striations on your boundaries. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Just the look of disbelief on my face that you went there. That,
1: that is exactly why I do it. Oh, my it's God. Perfect. It's perfect. Just the look on your face. I wish you all could have seen that.
0: All right. All right. Well, since you clearly need the mic. I, well. Yeah. So, it might be time for a little.
1: Would you rather? Yeah. This is a segment we call, Would You Rather? (laughs) And this week's Would You Rather is, Would You Rather. Okay. For the rest of your life, have to talk like Yoda. Oh, no. Or... Breathe like Darth Vader.
0: Oh, my God. A shout out to you Star Wars and fans. And both of them are for the rest of your life? For
1: the rest of your life. You would have to speak like this. So you
0: It's not even that you would speak backwards. It's that you had to have You that, had
1: to have a voice like this. That yes. tone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Or. That <laughs> sounds like a CPAP machine or You're
0: something. You're so good. <laughs> You're, I've been trying to get Mr. Smith into voiceover work for like the longest. <laughs> and I no. uh, that the free shit alert jingle really lit a fire under his ass. It
1: did. I was like, you know, I might be able to do this. That'd be fun.
0: <laughs> I think I would go for the Darth Vader just because it's way more calming, and I'm so high strung anyway. At least I could talk like
1: <sighs> like. <laughs> Nice, like yeah. calm, kind of calm well, and tranquil. For, for either one for a massage therapist, you're fucked. Like you're gonna have to find a new career.
0: You're gonna just have to just shut the fuck up. Take in a deep breath. <laughs> you will. You will.
1: <laughs> or <laughs> take a deep breath. <laughs> Can you imagine?
0: Well, so I would be like, what's your relationship to fear?
1: your <laughs> relationship to fear you have. <laughs>
0: What we so so what would you pick? Uh,
1: I think the Darth Vader voice would probably, but then you're a mouth breather. No, (laughs) God, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I could make the Yoda thing pull it off like wisdom, like he does. I don't know. Uh,
0: Yeah, I mean, he's a he's a a pillar of Of wisdom, wisdom. you know.
1: Yeah, so maybe, maybe I'd probably pick Yoda. Okay. Yeah,
0: we would be quite the fucking pair,
1: wouldn't we? <laughs> You're all CPAP mouth breather, and
0: <laughs> oh my gosh, I fucking love it! All right, so let's let's shift in, let's, and switch gears a little bit. Let's get cereal. Let's get cereal. So we're gonna talk about three ways to overcome fear paralysis, and this is really about if you notice that in your life you tend to. Not go after things, not approach people, not converse about things that are challenging because you're always scared. Like scared of the response, scared of success, failure, comparison, letting people down. So I'm talking about fear in a couple of different ways. We're going to talk a little bit just about the evolution of fear and why we even have it to begin with and the kind of the physiological basis for our fair response but then how that has translated to how we actually get scared over things when we're not in danger you know what I mean like scared of not paying a bill scared of right like the
1: the the the, so what you're saying is there's there's a correlation between uh like going on stage for example like the you actually feel like you are going to die you are in danger Right. When you're actually not in any danger except for social unacceptance or something like that, right? That's exactly right. Okay.
0: Which both, both are primitive. So I want to talk about this for a second. So the reason why we even experience any type of fear, whether it is the fear response that we have if we're being held at gunpoint, when we're actually in imminent danger, and we experience the same type of fear or similar when... We're about to get evicted, or you know you can't pay a bill, or somebody doesn't want you to come to their party. You know we're we're scared of that belonging, so we experience fear now in situations when we are in danger and when we're not. And Mm. so, how do we kind of pick that apart? So I think for me, when I really understood. The, the reason and the basis for fear to begin with, I was able to have so much more compassion for myself. Like, no wonder you're scared. You're biologically fucking programmed. Awareness. You think that you're in danger. Yeah. So, and that has been hugely helpful for me in loving my response. Loving that I get scared. Loving myself knowing that it's just my body trying to take care of me. Right. Right. So here's the deal, we were given fear as a survival technique, as a defense mechanism. So if we were experiencing fear, you know, like from a mountain lion or from falling off a cliff or from whatever it happened to be, it was designed to propel our survival. We wanted to stay safe. So that was that is the origin of it, right? Right. right. Now Also, we know if you look at something like Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs, one of Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs is belonging, to be a part of an organization because that means survival. Like if we're going back to our ancestors and looking at like hunter-gatherer times, if you did not belong to a tribe, that did mean death. So now how that has evolved over time is we experience a huge amount of fear if we're not accepted by our in-laws or if people think we're idiots when we go to our class reunion or we're
1: Mm -hmm. not
0: accepted into a certain tribe like that our biological response is I am in danger you know and and so it's a really interesting way that we've evolved over time Facebook (laughs) 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 Facebook has helped our fear response tremendously tremendously well we think okay well if that person is so successful I'm scared that I'm not going to be like Mm. I must not be able to be successful and so we get that same emotional feeling of scared like I'm scared of failure or that I'll never accomplish my dreams you know or
1: for a male it's like being alpha or beta right
0: say more about that
1: Um, like if if you are an alpha male yeah. And you get on Facebook and you see all these other people doing crazier shit than you or more profound shit than you or... or something
0: you deem more successful. Or
1: something you see as more successful, all of a sudden you're not alpha anymore.
0: And it's a threat to your existence. And it's
1: a threat to your existence. Right.
0: I like where your head's at, Smith.
1: You like that? I do. You I like do. that little dish in there? Yeah.
0: <laughs> Stick <laughs> around, kid. You, Stick might around. <laughs> you might learn a thing or
1: two. You might learn a thing or two.
0: You guys, I'm sorry, I, just, I have to tell you that when he was recording that, oh he, he had to hold his ear like he was an old school radio announcer. And got me
1: in the character. It got me in the character. I was character. dying
0: because you didn't even realize you were doing it. <laughs> I was like, I love how you're holding your ear right now. <laughs> like, hello, I'm ringing you.
1: <laughs> this just in. <laughs> so
0: great. So great. A little behind the scenes there for you.
1: Try to do it without holding your ear. It's not as effective.
0: It makes me want to, like, jerk my head around. Like, I
1: just
0: (laughs) uh, give myself some whiplash. All right. So, (coughs) this can be hugely advantageous because you can kind of go, oh, okay, I get why you're so scared. Of course you want to belong. And we're programmed. Of course you, you know, get scared over things. Like, that is why, that is how we are designed to survive. And... Now we have such a conscious mind that we can look at it for what it is and understand that there's pieces of our evolution that haven't quite caught up to other pieces. For instance, I've shared this before on the pod. This is one of my, I find this shit so fascinating, but when our fingers prune up in water, if we've taken a long bath or we've been in the the pool for too long, that was actually a primitive designed to help us grip slippery surfaces better in situations where we would need to hightail it out of there or when you We know were... you
1: said that one other time and or a few other times and I was like I don't know about that so I looked it up and it's true. Well thank the you. The rest of us doesn't prune.
0: Thank you for fact checking.
1: Like your fingertips and your feet are the things that prune the rest yeah. of your body doesn't. That's right. Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, I mean even if you look at something like our appendix we we do not Need that?
1: Uh, I'd prefer you not talk about my appendage on the air, please.
0: Wow, take it <laughs> down a notch. Oh my god, we digress. But it's certain things like that that physiologically we haven't quite caught up with how we have advanced as a society, mm, both both structurally as a society, but then also our own mental capacity, our own spiritual and emotional emotional capacity hasn't quite. It, it just hasn't quite evolved. So. In fact, I, I read, or no, I was listening to a podcast. I'll see if I can link to it. This podcast that chronicled our relationship to fear. And there was this one woman who, she was like this scientific anomaly. Oh, yeah. Because she lacked a fear response.
1: Invisibilia.
0: Is that, is it on invisibilia? Mm-hmm. Okay. I'll link to it in the show notes. And if you guys want to check it out for a little deeper dive around fear, I just am fascinated by it. But it's so interesting. She actually did not have the capability to experience fear in the way that we did. And it was such an interesting uh, documentary because they were talking about how although she lacked fear, she didn't lack reason. So, for instance, even though she was not scared to walk into the middle of oncoming traffic, she had reason to know that will cause my demise if I walk into this traffic. Mm -hmm. She wasn't
1: afraid of it. She just knew it would kill her. Right, right,
0: right. But so the, so we have reason. So this is why it, I thought this was so poignant because we can look at our situation and go, okay, I'm feeling fear and I still have reason and cognitive ability so I can go, okay, you're feeling fear because you're biologically programmed to right. and just because that person is super successful, that doesn't mean you're in danger. That's right. And you can reason with your fear. I like to call it becoming fear optimized. Yeah. Using your fear to make to make it as useful as possible to optimize instead of trying to make ourselves feel fearless, which except for this one isolated woman and a handful of other documented instances throughout history, it's virtually impossible to be fearless. Right. That's a lame ass goal. In fact, I really... A handful of my colleagues and I really don't like it when we see it in personal development. Like, become fearless. And I'm like, no, you can't. Like, you cannot. What if we actually... It's a
1: driving force to our existence.
0: That's right. And what if we actually embraced it? It, Trying to become fearless is like saying, hey, body, don't throw up if, you know, if that that food doesn't sit well. Don't throw up. You know, like, we cannot... Fight our biological <laughs> response.
1: One of the things that I look at when I'm doing this little trick is kind of like the Wizard of Oz.
0: Okay. Where, Don't look behind the curtain.
1: Yeah. You're, you're pulling the curtain back and you're seeing the little man controlling the fear. Yeah. Right? And you can go, oh, nobody else is going to solve my fear problems. It's, I have to talk to myself. Right. Right? I'm, it's like going to, looking for other ways to deal with your fear as opposed to pulling the curtain back and going, okay, That's me behind the curtain.
0: That's right. Right? That's right. I love that metaphor. That's great. So, you know, that kind of leads me to this other piece of this, which is to make peace with the fact that we are going to always experience fear, no matter how healthy of boundaries we establish, no matter how successful we become, no matter... We we will continue to experience it. So we need to embrace it respect it and we also need to not use it as a vehicle to be angry with ourselves but rather be kind to yourself and i've i've shared this a couple of times when if i go in for an audition for community theater and i experience fear related responses like clammy hands dry mouth rapid heartbeat feeling kind of weak i immediately talk to my body and think it like thank you so much for coming to my rescue. I know you think we're in danger. We're actually not. We're fully prepared. But I appreciate that you are always ready to take care of me. You are always that is a lot different than feeling powerless against it and being like, oh my god, oh my god, I'm so nervous. I'm what if I make a mess of myself? What if I get? What if I can't do this audition? It's like no. Everything's working exactly as it's supposed to. I'm normal. I'm human. Amazing. My humanity's working for me. Mm -hmm. It's just a different shift in perspective. Totally. And I also think this is important because I think that there's a lot of us who, even without really consciously identifying it, we think, I'll be ready when I'm not scared anymore. Like, I'll be ready to go for that job, or I'll be ready to conquer that degree, or I'll be ready for another baby when I'm no longer scared. And that's never going to happen. Right. So. Yeah, true. that's also why you need to make peace with it, because we need to be with it. We need to experience fear and do it anyway. Like, be scared, do it anyway. Right. Right? So. It will never be eradicated, it's not something we can get rid of, so let's be compassionate with ourselves and also uh, be kind in how we speak to our bodies. So three things, these three ways to deal with fear paralysis. Well, the first one is what I just spoke about, which is to speak compassionately to yourself. Now that experience that I mentioned is like a really intense fear response where it, that feeling that I get before I go into an audition is very similar to what I would feel if I was uh, being robbed. You know, it's like extreme. Those are different emotions. It's a different kind of level or heightened sensation Uh versus something like being really afraid that you're not going to be able to pay a bill on time or somebody's not going to accept your proposal or, you know, you're going to get dumped. It's a different element of scared. Right. But all of it is something that you can work with. So the evolution of that fear into those sorts of scenarios is anxiety, is anxiousness, is that mind fuck of what if I can't pay this bill? Oh my God, what am I going to do? It's stress.
1: Snowballs, yeah. It's
0: a different form of stress. That's it. So in those moments, acknowledging what you're afraid of, you know what? I am just really afraid uh, to end up alone. You know and calling it out or I'm really afraid that uh, I'm afraid that they're gonna judge me
1: the man behind the curtain
0: right so and really acknowledging it and saying hey you're allowed you're allowed to be scared of that we are biologically programmed to want acceptance we are programmed to want connection and if Connection or acceptance is being threatened, of course you're going to fear, experience anxiety. Sure. Of course it's going to stress you out. You're, you're okay, honey. You're okay, honey. And just being really kind to yourself. The same way if you saw a child who was scared of the dark sure. or something like that.
1: Right. You wouldn't say, Stop being afraid of the dark.
0: Right. Damn it. What's wrong with you? Right.
1: Right? That doesn't fix anything. It sure doesn't. But we talk to ourselves that way.
0: We sure do. We make ourselves wrong Mm -hmm. for being human. It's the same thing to like being mad at yourself for throwing up.
1: It's like, damn it, Ken, why do you keep doing that? Or you know, whatever.
0: It's like, no, my body is taking care of me. It's getting this out of my system by throwing. You don't tell yourself don't throw up, right? So it's the same sort of thing. The second piece is to practice emotional resilience. So I haven't really talked about this a lot on the pod before. But this is what happens with emotions because fear is an emotion. That's it, right? When we experience an emotion, most of the time, if it's an uncomfortable emotion, we think we need to stop feeling it at all costs. So we will typically turn to actions or behaviors. So what I mean by that is if you, let's say, uh, like let's say you have somebody who guilt trips you. Right? Like, what, you can't come to my party? And you, instead of sitting with that guilt and that feeling that you're experiencing, you wanna make it stop. So what do you do? You appease. You know what, it's it's okay, I'll figure it out. I'm gonna be there, I'll come through for you. So we choose behaviors to stop the emotion. You get really angry at your spouse, what do you do? I don't wanna feel this, let me go drink. Right, yeah. You get fearful and, you know, uh, oh my God, what are they going to think of me? What are they going to think of me? And so you abort mission. You don't go and do the thing that scares you because you cannot stand to be with the emotion. So so you just leave. and You don't go after what you want. You don't go after anything that scares you. You play it way too fucking safe. So the reason why this is so important to understand is we're designed to emote. We're designed to feel. And... We can come through that emotion so much faster if we just sit with it. So, I mean, we see this even in certain types of therapies where people are, you know, they have this huge fear that they're actually going to stab somebody to death. You know, you've seen these different yes. types of, you know, sure. thought processes. And then they'll, the, these different types of therapies, well, they will, like, make them hold the knife. And then they'll make them hold the knife up against someone's neck. And they make them be with that uncomfortable emotion that they're so terrified to be with so that they can move through to the other side. That's right. And create resilience. So it's all of the things that cause us discomfort. Grief, anger, fear, despondence, you know, guilt. All of those things that we're like, "Ah, I got to do something. Action. Take a behavior. Go do something to stop
1: it. And the longer we hold on to those, the harder it gets there's an analogy I saw a, a right. video on Facebook I think where a psychologist was teaching a class and she did that glass half empty empty half full right she put a glass on the table or she held it actually okay and she said you know what question I'm going to ask right and they're like oh yeah half full half empty and she's like no how much is this weigh and they all guessed you know 16 ounces whatever she said it depends on how long I hold it that's right if I set it down, it doesn't matter how much it weighs. If I hold it for a day, it's going to matter how much that weighs. Yeah. If I hold it for a week, I'm going to start trembling. I'm going to start you know, compensating. know, really Feeling the effects of holding that glass. What it doesn't matter if it's half full or half empty. It matters how long you hang on to it. Oh. Right? Isn't that cool?
0: Wisdom bomb yeah. from Mr. Smith. I well, love that. Facebook but I, I, <laughs> I wish
1: I could give credit to the... It was, it was some video I saw.
0: Yeah, I think I... Yeah, yeah. I wish we could find that too. <clears throat> but that is so true because we think we're being safe by stopping that feeling. Like right. our urge, again, is primitive. Like we just want to feel safe. So we want to shut down that feeling. But it's, it's a similar thing to like people are terrified to go to the doctor to actually get the diagnosis. So they just sit in right. pain right. forever and right. ever and ever.
1: Yeah. Because
0: it's- of fear doesn't but
1: help your diagnosis at all
0: but you could highly likely surmount that ailment if you addressed it dealt with what hurts and move through to the other side yeah. the same thing happens with uncomfortable emotions if you just sit with the fear like allow room for it your ability to surmount that fear is drastically improved Right, like way more likely, and I love this quote by Jack Canfield that says, "Everything you want is on the other side of fear." Mm. But what do we do? We try to, well, maybe if I drink, I won't feel it, or maybe if I zone out on Facebook, or maybe if I don't ever address anything that scares me, or maybe if I don't ever go for anything, then maybe then I won't experience fear. And we hide and we hide and we hide. And all you gotta do is fucking feel it. Yeah, you gotta feel it. And you also have to know that emotions are motivators, but they don't always require your go-to behavior that you're thinking of. So, for example, if I am attracted to another man or another woman and I have a feeling of attraction, right? Like there's a the physical attraction. Right. That's an emotion. That's something I'm feeling. Now, I could have a ton of different types of behaviors. So with my... Thinking conscious brain, I can start looking at what's really happening and acknowledging, okay, you're human. You will probably be attracted to other people in your lifetime. That doesn't mean the behavior is to go have an affair. Right. Or just because you're experiencing a ton of anger doesn't mean the behavior is go key somebody's car. Correct. Or <laughs> shut down your emotions. It's never and, the answer, by the way. And sweep it underneath the rug. Like So all I'm saying is we can use reason to work with our emotions so you feel that fear and then reasonably you choose your behavior but you have to experience it in order to become resilient otherwise you're just fucking running from it for the rest of your life right it's a constant sweeping under the rug which really doesn't ever work and usually manifests an illness later down the road. All right. So the first one, speak compassionately to yourself. Second one, practice emotional resilience. Staying in your anger. I'm sorry. Staying in your fear.
1: <laughs> being
0: with fear. Allowing room for it. And then finally, the third piece is to practice courage instead. So that is the piece of feeling your fear and taking action that that fosters your growth anyway fosters what you really want. So fear around putting yourself out there with new friends, but doing it anyway. Being scared of what people might think of you if you put your name in for this promotion. Feeling that fear, but practicing courage. So that is when you your action or your behavior is still in alignment with what you want despite how you might feel about it.
1: So use the example, because this is probably one that resonates with people. Use the example that you said of being attracted to other people. How do you be? How do you use number three for that?
0: Yeah, that's a good one. Well, that's that's a different emotion because that is not. We're not talking we're not about
1: talk about fear. We're not
0: talking about fear. We're talking yeah. about your feeling. But you can
1: use it in any attraction emotion.
0: Right. So it's the same situation. So if you you have your emotion of attraction to somebody, and then with your logical mind and reasoning mind, you can go, okay, what I really, really want. Is to stay faithful to my spouse. I want to work on the issues that are actually happening inside my marriage. So I'm going to choose behavior that's healthy for what I really want, okay. in spite of what I feel, and allowing yourself that that room to feel what you feel and not shut, it, not making yourself wrong. Like, I can't believe you're attracted to somebody else. You fucking awful human. You you know, and just berate, berate. But just going, okay. And I know that that doesn't mean an affair. I know that doesn't mean behavior. I know that I get to consciously choose that.
1: Yeah, okay, good.
0: So um, does that kind of answer? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So practicing that courage, and I love this this quote that, I guess it's not a quote, but a concept that Liz Gilbert talks about in her latest book, Magic Lessons, which we'll also link to in the show notes page. And she talks about, and I love kind of the story that she tells around this, and she talks about, like, driving and allowing fear to come along. Like, fear gets to, every once in a while, you can sit in the front, you're most likely going to sit in the back, but under no circumstances will you ever drive and will you ever tell me where we are or not going to go. But I recognize that you're a part of this journey. And you are always welcome to be here, you know. So it's like a hitchhiker. It's (laughs) yeah, (laughs) but it's this way to view it as a part of the journey. But you don't get to rule my choices or my decisions or my actions. Right. I get to choose that. So, and that's the same is true for any other type of emotion, like depression or. Anger or whatever—it's like you're allowed to be here, but under no circumstances am I going to live an angry life, ruled mm-hmm. by anger. Oh, that's
1: so nice. Or do you know what I mean? Yeah.
0: So you get to call the shots as far as that's concerned. Hmm. So those are your those are your three steps: being kind to yourself for experiencing fear to begin with, practicing being with your fear in order to move past it, and practicing courage. In spite of how you might feel, in spite of emotion,
1: some tweetables. Totally we got good. some tweetables, people. <laughs> so,
0: anything that came up for you, or anything else you wanted to add?
1: No, I think that's good. That's a, uh, you know, fear is one of those things that you're going to be, um, I don't want to say struggling with, but managing yeah. your entire life.
0: Well, it's in the car, and sometimes it's going to be yelling and loud, and right. sometimes you're going to be like.
1: <laughs> you know what I mean?
0: <laughs> but it's it, even just even just the awareness, like I, the when I started really understanding this whole process, just how I auditioned
1: Oh, yeah. Became
0: completely different. Or any other time where I experienced, like, nervousness, like when I would go meet with somebody about a speaking engagement or a business colleague or ally or something like that, and I would be like, oh, this is a really exciting opportunity, and I would get all fearful and scared and nervous and jittery and I'd talk to myself. You know? It's not that fucking profound.
1: You are the field whisperer.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I am the field whisperer. So... Just knowing what's happening for you allows you to decide your course of action so much easier. So, And yeah. also to be nice to yourself. So again, if you want more that's of a this... a general rule. Oh, for sure. Yeah. If you want more of this and you're going, yes, Gaga. Uh, yes, yes, Gaga. Uh, yes. I need more of this. I need more. I need more. Please come hang out at the workshop. It's fucking free. The worst thing that's going to happen is you're going to learn a shit ton of stuff. And...
1: That's a pretty good worst thing.
0: It sure is. So again, it's happening this week. Two dates to pick from. Go to thejoyjunkie.com slash register and join us.
1: So this is a chance to overcome your fears and sign up for the program. That's right. That's right.
0: This is is an opportunity to practice courage. Number three, people, (laughs) practice courage. All right. So huge love to you guys. Thank you for for all of your support of the show. And hopefully I'll see you at the workshop this week. And here is to loving and living your most badass life.
1: Mr. and Mrs. Smith, out.